lying upside down over several chairs in a movie theater. And he was moaning and groaning so loudly that he was a distraction to those who had paid their money to watch the movie. Several of the patrons contacted the usher, and the usher came and informed the man that he needed to quiet down and sit in his seat properly or else he should leave. The man continued to groan, and uh, the usher was called back a second and a third time. And each time he would come, the man would just groan louder and moan more loudly. Finally, the usher brought with him three other co-workers intending to physically remove the man from the theater for being disruptive. And as one of the ushers was reaching down to lay hands on the brother, he could hear the man faintly say, I fell down. I fell down from the balcony. Once he, he heard the moans and the groans, but once he listened, once he got close enough to the man, he understood that he did not need eviction. He needed medical attention. And so moving from just hearing noise to listening to words and understanding how the man ended up in his predicament changed the action that the ushers were preparing to actually do. With all of the noise that is constantly being turned up in our lives through social media, the news 24-hour cycle that allows you to capture in the moment that things are occurring what actually is transpiring. And even our own thought life that is bombarding us often with the negative things and like anxiety, causing anxiety and fear. My question today is anybody listening? Everybody wants to be heard. That is why we get so upset when nobody responds to our Facebook comments with likes and I, I, I follow you and I'm with you and man, that was unique and creative. That's why people crave the opportunity to go viral. They heard me, they saw me, they noticed me. I'm important for 15 seconds. We want somebody, anybody, to hear our voice. Isn't it interesting that the majority of mass murderers, mass shooters, before they take their own life or go, or have been taken into captivity, they leave a note. They leave a manifesto. It's as if they're saying, you'll hear me now. I wonder if somebody had heard them before they decided to take action to kill others, with countless thousands of lives been spared. I'm suggesting, and I'm not only suggesting, but I, I want to uh, uh, submit to you that listening to people actually has the power to save lives. Is anybody listening? Listening is a little thing, but it's very difficult. We pay therapists millions of dollars to sit across the desk and they say nothing. They doodle on their little tablet. I'm not minimizing the significance. I'm simply saying how important it is just to be heard. Just to be heard. That's why I believe James tells the believers that are scattered under the inspirational direction of the Holy Spirit, he said, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak. 
I want to share with you four reasons why we need to stop talking so much and to listen more. I want to become one of those who is in the category of listening more than I talk. I'm learning that, to listen more than I talk. Now, the first of the four things that I want to share with you from the Word about why it's important that we learn to listen. And by listening, I don't mean simply hearing yourself talk. Some people love to hear their own voice. That's not listening. That's called arrogance. Somebody say amen. amen. The first thing that we need to understand is you must listen before you can do the right thing. You can't do what's right because you got to listen first. You have to listen. Everyone should be quick to hear, slow to speak, for the wrath of man, the anger of man. Now, we're told two things that we should do. First, the scripture says, let every man be swift, be swift to hear. Say swift to hear. And then secondly, he says, be slow, delay, repeat that one, be slow to speak. Someone has said that God gave us two ears and one mouth so that we can listen twice as much as we talk. Be swift to hear. Now, why should we listen first? One, it's a command. The Bible says, be swift to hear. That's a command. A command is an imperative. It's a directive from God. It's the same thing as saying, thou shall not bear false witness. That's a command. When the scripture tells us to listen, it's a command. So when I'm not listening, and I should be, guess what I'm doing? I'm sinning. It is a sin not to listen. Ecclesiastes says there's a time to talk. And there is a time to be silent. There's a time to listen. When I am supposed to be listening and I fail to do so, I am disobeying God. It is a sin, just like lying is. Somebody say amen. Are you listening? Are you listening? <laughs> now, not only is it a command, but listening keeps us correct in our behavior. He says, because the anger of man does not produce the righteous desires of God. Therefore, in verse 21, it says, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent or overwhelmingly present. And humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So not only is listening a command, it keeps us correct. One of the ways it keeps us correct, he says that when I'm swift to hear, I can avoid the anger that comes from my flesh that doesn't please God. The scripture does say, be angry but sin not, and let not the sun go down upon your head. There is a righteous anger. There is a time when we ought to, re we ought to be upset, when, it is when something has come against God's word. It should bother you. It should upset you. But there's a way to be angry. The Bible says be angry, but don't allow your anger to cause you to sin. But when I'm listening first, out of obedience to the command, I will do the correct thing. I will not be operating out of the anger that comes from my flesh, that comes from my flesh. How many of you know that when two people are yelling at each other, you have stopped listening? You're no longer listening. We have commenced to hurting each other. And usually, out of everything that was said, what you remember is what was said when you were angry enough to be yelling at each other. And then we conclude, well, I wouldn't have been so, I wouldn't have been yelling at you, and I'm not yelling, and you're not yelling. And somebody comes in the room and says, is everything okay? And then you see the contrast between where your octaves are. So when you're yelling at somebody, you're no longer listening. When you respond to a person 
based on how you feel without the facts, you are not listening. If you're operating out of your emotions and you're disregarding the facts, you are no longer listening. You are simply trying to validate your feelings. Just because you feel a certain way, that doesn't make it that way. The Bible says that the heart is deceitful above all things. The, the seat, the central place of our, of our emotions is desperately wicked above all things. We can't trust our emotions. And so don't respond to somebody out of how you feel. You're having a bad day. So you're not going to hear things right. When we respond out of our feelings, it's almost like having a migraine headache. You're not going to function correctly. You can say to somebody, look, I'm in my feelings right now. Let me, let me come. Let's talk about this later. Because the, the response that you're going to get. Now, when, when somebody has listened to you, one of the ways that you know communication has occurred is that communication only happens when you receive the proper response. When somebody does what you expect for them to do, you've communicated. If they, if they don't do what you ask them to do, then they can say no, but if they say yes and they do the opposite, communication hasn't occurred. Somebody say amen. I might be guilty of this sometime. When you cut another person off without apologizing, what you've decided is your view is the, is the only one that matters. You cut somebody off while they're talking, even when you're in a heated discussion, you're saying your view matters more than their view, and you're going to hear me, and I'm not going to wait to listen to what you've got to say. When that occurs, you're no longer listening. You're dictating. The, the scripture says that a soft answer does what? Turn away wrath. So when I, when, when I learn how to hear first, that is, and then we're going to talk about the difference between hearing and listening because the two aren't the same. I'm going to be able to respond to a circumstance in the power of the Holy Spirit where my emotions are not in control, where I'm not trying to be right at the expense of hurting you. But I'm going to honor God, and that often requires a soft answer. Here's the second thing. Uh, listening helps us to avoid ungodly anger, but it also helps us to get rid of more, all moral filth and overflowing wickedness. You, that, do, do a study on <laughs> all moral wickedness and overflowing or prevailing wickedness. So the moral filth has to do with the ungodly things that we think about and plot about inside of our minds, the stuff you want to do, all right? The, the overflowing wickedness or the prevalence of wickedness has to do with all of the things that are outside of us that make it easy for us to do what, what's on the inside of us that God is not pleased with. When I am quick to hear... One of the benefits of listening, because the Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, is that I will begin to hear the voice of God concerning all of my moral wickedness, all my moral uh, 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 ungodliness, moral filth, that's the word that is actually used, and overflowing, prevailing wickedness. I will know how to respond in a way that pleases God. Anybody want to please God? The only way that you're going to do that, you need to be hearing from God. You need to be listening to the word of God. Because the Bible says, uh, be ye doers of the word, not hearers only. Doing means that you listen. Hearing simply means that you made an intellectual ascent, that you simply crossed, the, completed a check mark. It has not landed. Listening to God's word helps us to get rid of moral filth. Anybody need to get rid of moral filth? Well, you need to be spending more time listening to what God has said about all that stuff that we're struggling with on the inside. Guess what? It doesn't go away the older you get. It doesn't go away because you married and you got five or seven kids. 
No, in fact, I come from a family of nine. It just makes you, can make you more selfish. And so moral filth has to be addressed in all of our lives. Somebody say amen. amen. Go on, tell the truth and shame the devil. Listening also helps us to humbly accept and apply the life-changing word of God. He says, humbly accept the word that has been planted in you, which is able to save you. Listening places us in a posture of humility because we are receiving from the word of God. So he says, you can, when, when I'm listening, I'm humbly putting myself in the place where I can receive the word of God and apply it. When I'm receiving from God and applying it to my life, that's an act of humility. I'm, a post, I'm in a posture of receiving. So listening makes it possible for us to keep, to keep correct, to keep it 100. Listening to the word of God. Listening to people that God has planted in your life that are righteous. Do you have people who are righteous speaking into your life? The Bible says corrupt, corrupt relationships lead to corrupt outcomes. Am I right about that? One of the examples of what I'm talking about occurs in John chapter 8. The religious leaders bring a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. How many of you know it takes two to tangle? You can't commit adultery by yourself. But they bring the, they bring the woman, the sister. And the picture is she, she stayed and give her a chance to put her clothes on right. And so they rush her in the temple, and they bring her before Jesus, and they say, Jesus, the Bible said. If, if, they, they, if, if, a, if a person, now the, the person is the one, if a woman is caught in adultery, she should be stoned. The Bible says Moses and the law and the Torah and the Decalogue. I got scripture behind this. I got scripture, not scripture, behind this. What do you say? Watch how Jesus was swift to hear. He kneeled down without saying a word. And as they were quoting scripture, <laughs> trying to get Jesus to say something, he began to write in the dirt. I think he was writing down their sins. <laughs> And then by the time he was clear on the mind of God, he stood up and he said, you who are without sin, let him cast the first stone. Just imagine if Jesus had done what we would have done. The Bible says what you said. What, what version of the scriptures do you have? And so we've been trying to prove how much Bible we know and where we went to school and where we go to church and we brushed our mouth. Jesus didn't say anything. He simply kneeled down, swift to hear, and slow to speak. Then Jesus said to the woman, where are your accusers? The only person that could have rightfully and righteously accused her was Jesus. And she said, I have none. And then Jesus said, go and finish what you were doing, baby. Is that what Jesus said? <laughs> he said, go and sin no more. Jesus is our model. He was swift to hear. Oh, how many times have I put my foot in my mouth? Quick to speak, quick to give an answer. Nobody even asked the question. Well, I got the answers. And all the questions that I got the answer, ain't nobody asking. People need to be heard. And the reason I want to be obedient and with, with listening, even though it's a little thing, is because the Lord is so big in the mind of God that he commands Christians to do it on purpose. It'll keep you correct in your own personal life. We, 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 we got some toilet work to do, spiritually speaking. Amen. Somebody say amen. Here's the second reason why we need to listen. We need to know the difference that we need to know that hearing and listening are not the same. And I've shared this before, but this does fit. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 15, 
Jesus said, having taught about John the baptizer, saying he's the greatest man who has ever lived in the sense that he fulfilled his ministry as a forerunner. He, in fact, was the embodiment or the, re the, 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 the fulfillment of the prophecy of Elijah, who was to come before the Messiah would, would die. And so John the Baptist is Elijah. And that's what Jesus tells him. Elijah has already come. When you saw John the Baptist, you were looking at the former Old Testament prophet. And he says, he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. Now, everybody that was gathered that day had physical ears. But what they lacked was the ability to listen to what they heard in the spirit realm. And so you, what we hear, we don't necessarily listen to. If we, hearing allows us to, to be aware of sounds all around us. But listening helps us to interpret the sounds. You can hear a bike in one ear, and in the other ear, you can hear a train. The train that is rapidly approaching tells you, get off the track. The bike that you heard may tell you, no, no big deal. So it is possible to hear without listening, but you cannot listen without hearing. Jesus is saying there's something different between hearing and listening. All of you heard the same sermon, but not everybody listened. Because when you listen, that leads to application. That's, when, that's why the scripture says, be ye doers of the word. Hear the word for the purpose of listening, and when you have listened, the evidence is that God has communicated with you is that there will be a change in your lifestyle. Somebody say amen. They had physical ears, but what they lacked. That's why the scripture says, I like this, I use this verse a lot. It says, eyes have not seen, nor have ears heard. There's some things that ears without the spirit of God, you will never discern. You will never understand. You will never be able to, to clearly connect with because the kind of hearing that Jesus is saying that we need to experience by way of listening is in the spirit realm. So there's something different between hearing somebody who's communicating with us, listening on the physical realm, but there's a deeper level of hearing. Someone actually said there are five different levels of communication. And I'm not going to uh, go through those five. But the deeper you get on those levels of communication, the more intimacy you can experience. Most people only communicate on the first and second. Facts, how, what's the weather, what you wearing today, what you eating today, and that's it. Husbands and wives, married for years. Then there are other levels of communication. By the time you get to the fifth level, you're on a level where Adam and Eve, prior to the fall, they had that level of communication with God, where there was that closeness that led to total transparency. Anybody know that the Bible says that they both were naked and unashamed? That when you have that level of communication with somebody, you can be naked before them figuratively in all of your fears and all of your dreams and all of your failures and you don't feel uncovered. That's where communication that, that, that involves listening allows you to be that, that bare, that open, that honest with someone and that should be in marriage in particular where you can be that truthful in your relationship that that closeness that the Lord intended would be your experience. So there's the hearing is sound. Listening is being able to interpret the sound to respond properly. We all have ears, but are you listening? Are you listening? Has your life changed since you've been hearing? If it hasn't, you, you just heard, you, don't, you haven't listened. Somebody say amen. There's a difference between hearing and listening. Now, when you just hear something, it can be very costly. A dispatcher got a call, and the order was a very large order, and they said, well, send the order to Portland. And as soon as she heard Portland, she hung up the phone, and she dispatched eight trucks full of materials to drive to Portland, Oregon. 
About 12 hours later, she gets a call back saying, the order was sent to the wrong place. The order should have gone to Portland, Maine. So because she didn't listen, she cost her company $100,000 in losses. How many bad, how many relationships have we damaged because we have failed to listen? How many people that we should have healthy connection to are no longer willing to even give us a try because we have failed to listen? This is particularly true with parents. And I've shared this. I had in my mind what my children were like. I had created an image. They were like the fourth and fifth members of the Trinity in my mind. <laughs> and so you couldn't tell me that my children would ever do certain things. But I learned to live long enough to realize I had been lying to myself. And so one of my struggles was that once I figured out that they were sinners just like me, and in many instances, I know my sons. I know them because I know me. I know me. And I pray that I'll get to the place where I can be as transparent as I need to be so they'll know I know them. There ain't nothing secret. I know them. So what happens when you have these eye-opening experiences about your children, it can make you very angry with them. How dare they? They weren't raised like that. You get, I mean, you went to every game. You went to, they, they talk like you never did anything for them. They don't appreciate nothing. Don't even say thank you. And then they're making terrible decisions and they don't even listen to you. You can become so angry that it becomes impossible for you in your anger to hear what you're, to, to listen to your children because you're angry. And I believe it doesn't matter how strained a relationship is, there's never a time when we should stop listening. Because when we think about how God is our example. There's not a time when I've ever gone to him in my pain, in my rebellion, in my disobedience, when he wasn't willing to listen to me. Now, he didn't agree with what I was doing, but he loved me through what I was doing. And the reason why I know he loved me is when I cried out to him, he heard my cry. He, he, he chastened me, but he chastened me in such a way that I knew that it was for my own good because he was always there to hear me, to hear me when I cried. So I say to parents, no matter where you think your children are in their behavior, in their decision making, there should never be a time when you say, I won't shut you down until you agree with doing it the way I think you ought to do it because I know. And it could be that you even write about what they should do. But until God can show it to them, the last thing that you ever want to do is stop listening. You want to keep that door open. And sometimes it's hard for us to listen because the way children think today, yeah, the things that they would say to us today. And a lot of times if we, just, if we would just chill what the enemy is trying to do is just to shock us into being distant. And the devil is a lie. I'm never going to be distant from the ones that God has entrusted to me, trusted my care. One of the things that the devil does in marriage, we just hear each other. We don't listen. And so the Bible says a house that is divided against itself will not stand. And so you live in a divided house. Not because you don't know the scriptures, it's because you haven't listened to the scriptures to the degree that you apply them when you leave church. Or we praise the Lord, we shout, and we gyrate, and sometimes we speak in reverse tongues. We don't just speak in regular tongues, we, we speak in reverse tongues. We're more spiritual than the other spiritual folk who are speaking in tongues that, that, that you know, mimicking people in many instances. And then you go home and you live like the devil because we, it is a sin to not listen. It is a sin to willfully shut your mate out. It will cost you if you decide to shut down. 
on those who God has. The, the journey, God said, never said that parenting was for cowards. It's not. I'm going to do a series on that. It's hard to parent today. But one of the things that I know works, it's hard. We want younger people in our church, but one of the things I know, the word works. We're not going to get away from the word. And I know that if we listen, we can, get, we, can, we can navigate our way through this. Let's move on. You need to understand that there's danger in becoming a listener. When you decide that you're going to shut up, you're going to be quiet and listen more, it's dangerous. Listen to what James chapter 3, verse 1 says. It says, no, not many of you should become teachers, communicators, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach, who communicate, will be judged more strictly. There's a more stricter judgment. When you become a communicator, when you just stop going through the motions and waving as ships passing through the night, there's a danger. Let me share some dangers that are connected to really communicating that you, that you and your, your spouse are listening to you, each other, where your children and you are actually listening to each other. One of the things is that confusion is no longer an excuse. In Luke chapter 12, verses 47 through 49, the Bible says, the servant who, shows, who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and goes and does things deserving punishment will be, be beaten with few. For everyone who has been given much, much will be required. And so when you know to do better, but you don't do better, you have no excuse. So after you hear this sermon today, and you understand that listening is the command, and you disobey the command, you can't say you were confused. That's no longer an excuse. The Bible says, to whom much is given, much will be required. You will be, there's some people who don't know to do better, and they do wrong. The Lord says, they don't get away from discipline, but there's a greater, stricter judgment on those who come and hear the word and know what the master wants, and you do the opposite. Now, here's the way that works. Well, I'm gonna, yeah, I hope he gets it finally. Hope she gets it. No, this is personal. Are you a listener? Does the music have to be like you, your music? Can it be different? For me, going Sunday is going to be different. It's going to be different on Sunday. And if it's loud, it's going to have to be adjusted. But if you can listen to different music. Depends. Amen? All right, so anyway, sidebar. Confusion will no longer be an excuse. So if you continue to do what God says, not now you are being rebellious, and God himself deals with rebels. In fact, he calls the sin of rebellion or intentional disobedience, he says it's the sin of witchcraft. You're like you're practicing witchcraft. You're into sorcery because you're depending on your own supernatural human strength to navigate your own life. And God says, I deal with those kind of folks. Here's the second uh, reason why it's dangerous to be a communicator, to be a listener. Confrontation with the kingdom of darkness will occur. It's going to happen. And Paul talks about this. I'm not going to read it in, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20. He says, he talks about, he said, pray for me that I will not be overcome by fear as I receive the word to proclaim the word. May I do it boldly. So when you, be, when you decide that you're going to start sharing the word of God, you are, you are a target of the enemy. There's going to be confrontation. If you make up your mind that you're going to be a listener, that you're going to really tune in for the purpose of hearing the, mouth, the voice of God for your life to be changed and for the lives of others to be changed around you, you are now a target. And Paul says, pray for me. After he talks about the, the, he talks about the armor, put on the whole armor, the last thing he says is pray that I don't lose confidence in being a communicator of God's word. The devil attacks us in two ways. He attacks us to prevent us from sharing the word. Many Christians aren't doing that after we leave church. That's all we, we may talk to our family. We're not talking to the world about the word. And then secondly, he attacks us by trying to prevent us 
from listening to God's word. The hardest thing for many of us to have a, de- a regular devotion. How much time are you spending in the word? How much time? The Bible says our thoughts are not his thoughts, neither are our ways his ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts and my ways. We got to be in this word. So the devil will try to prevent you through fear from sharing the word and to prevent you through distractions. And we have so many. One of the things that I say to people, I used to, when, I, when I became a Christian, I had Christians who told me I had to stop listening to James Brown and the Temptations and some of those other folks that were just in my blood. And, that just, you know, and I would, whenever I would hear them coming, I knew how Christians walk. They just walk a certain way. <laughs> Judgment is coming. Condemnation. The hell and fire and brimstone near your door. And I would turn my music down and turn it off. And so what I, what I discovered is, and this is what I say, as youth are transitioning to, so that your God becomes their God, they came because you told them. My kids came to church because they had to, and then they didn't have to. But how does what they had to now becomes what they want to? It's because the more I, I, I experienced it myself, the more time I spent in the Word, in my private walk, the less I desired to do what I used to do. So I challenge people who are new in the faith. I said, look, I'm not going to tell you everything. There's certain things that you need to turn away from if you're doing illegal things and so forth. I said, I'm going to walk with you. And the more you are in God's word, the less you're going to want to do. Here's the third thing. Uh, uh, Not only confrontation occurs with the kingdom of Satan, but closeness that makes you vulnerable to others will occur. Listen to Proverbs chapter 17, verse 9. I know I have a lot here. Whoever would would foster love covers an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates friends. When you communicate transparently and honestly and openly, now you are vulnerable for what you said to others about yourself to be used against you. But here's what I'm finding out in church. We just don't want people to know we had a past. We used to be jacked up. In fact, we still jacked up. Oh, it got kind of weak there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We still jacked up from the neck up. That's why we need this life-changing word, amen? Paul said, that which I know to do, I don't do. This is the apostle Paul that rewrote most of the New Testament, started most of the church. He said, I know what, right? But there's an evil that dwells in me that is constantly battling. And he said, the only hope I have, he says, thank God for Jesus. That's our victory. But if you think you got it together, you already sinking. I'm waiting for Christians to start sharing their testimony of what they used to be. And by the grace of God, what you now are. I'm waiting for us to be honest. My marriage wasn't always good. There were times when we were going our separate way. I'm waiting for people who who say they know Jesus, who are humble enough to understand that the God who says, I am the God of all comfort, who strengthens you, that you may use my strength to strengthen others. Strengthen you for what? For what you've gone through. So others will know that if you made it, if God did it for you, he'll do it for me. Closeness that makes us vulnerable is a danger. And finally, carrying other burdens. When you really listen to people, you have people say, how you doing? And you say, man, I just lost my job. My dog died. And my car got four flats. They're going to repossess it tomorrow. He said, okay, God bless you. (laughs) Yeah. And they just fade off into the sunset. But if you genuinely connect to somebody and you've listened to them, the Bible says that you who are spiritual, restore such a one who has fallen, and that we should bear the burdens of the weak. And so people will start telling you stuff about what they're struggling with. 
And our responsibility, because we listen, and listening re re results in application, that is, we're going to take action. We may do, may do it through our life groups, and a lot of blessing things, a lot of blessed things are happening through the life group. But you're going to carry the burdens of others. That's the danger. You're going to be closeness is going to make you vulnerable. Confrontation is going to occur. Confusion will no longer be an excuse. Now, let me share quickly how you can become a better listener, how I can become a better listener. First thing that I can do is stop interrupting people when they're speaking. Amen. I'm confessing that sin. Anybody else? I'm the only one guilty of that. <laughs> Ask questions for clarity. You can paraphrase, is this what you said? Is, am I understanding you correctly? And then you repeat in your own words what you think the person said. Now, if you change what they said, it, not, it doesn't become what you said because you said it. They'll say to you, that's not what I meant. Well, yes, it is. No, I'm <laughs> Focus on the need. Focus on their need rather than yourself. Don't make the conversation about you. Well, I fell off the cliff. How high was your cliff? Well, I went backwards when I fell. No, no. When you're listening, you're listening to receive from the other person. You don't have to match the story. Pick a right time. Husbands, we know about this. We need to talk. You hear your wife ever say that? We need to talk. <laughs> It's usually dinner time. We need to talk. <laughs> I got one eye open. I'm about to fall face flat in the bed. We, we, we going to talk. When we going to talk? <laughs> so pick the right time. Brothers, this is a big one. Watch your tone. It's not what you said. It's how you said it. Now we got another problem. We done moved from the issue to how I said it. So we got it, we got it, we got back off and say, how did I say it? Did I put up, you know, that you gotta have Ben gonna have bass in his voice, all right? Is it okay if I sit down? And if I that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Refuse to use social media as a substitute for meaningful conversation. You ain't got no friends on social media. They don't know you. You sitting at the dinner table and uh, uh, at, out, out at eating, you got your phone. These people don't care about you. You got somebody right in front of you and you won't even talk to them. You won't even, don't allow social media to become a substitute. It's not real. It's people's make-pretend lives. We ain't showing people how we look when we get out of bed. Amen. Listen to learn rather than to judge. I got scripture for all of this. Don't be judging people because, oh, really? Lord have mercy. I thought she would say. Listen to hear. Listen to learn rather than to judge. Here's a big one. Make eye contact when somebody's talking to you when possible. Don't do it while you're driving. Well, I just wanted to make sure that I clearly, oh, in the arms of Jesus. Why are you here? I was making eye contact. When's the last time you made eye contact? with someone, when's the last time? One of the things that puts distance between husbands and wives is that they don't make eye contact. We just go through the motions and we pass each other. And people that we say that are, that are our friends, and they say, oh, I'm fine, and you look in, the, look in their eyes and you know they're not fine. The eyes give us interest. Let me, let me, let me warn on. Remember, listening to what people say doesn't mean that you agree with what they're saying. So you can listen without agreeing. 
Look at me and say, you're crazy. Don't say that until you listen. That's a DM, what's the DM3? That's a diagnosis, you're crazy. Don't forget that. Anyway, listening doesn't mean you agree. Here's the final thing. Shut up, remain silent when nothing needs to be said. You visit somebody in the hospital who's terminally ill and they're not, just sit down and be quiet. Joe's friends sat with him for seven days and they never opened up their mouths. The Bible says that even a fool seems wise until they start talking. When they start talking, they, Job said, it, with friends like you, who needs an enemy? Sometimes you just be, that's one of the greatest ministries I have as, as a as hospital chef. I just sit with people, hold their hand while they're dying. I stroke their hair. I may sing to them. Sometimes stand with me as, as I'm holding somebody's hand. And, and if you just get still, just get still. The Holy Spirit of God will just enter into that experience and something supernatural happens. And then all of a sudden, words will start coming out of your mouth or the person who is dying will start talking. And many times when that occurs, a loved one, I've had this experience, a loved one will be at the door. I'm not even aware that they're at the door because my head is bowed. And, and I'm praying with the person who is dying. And then that person who is dying starts reciting the Lord's Prayer. And then the loved one starts crying. And then I know that somebody's in the door. And they say, my mother hasn't spoken for three years. That's what God will do when we can just be quiet. In 1948, the Titanic made its maiden voyage. Its designer dubbed the Titanic the unsinkable ship. In fact, they said even God himself couldn't sink the Titanic. We all know on this maiden voyage, the Titanic sunk. So the question is, why did the Titanic sink? We could say the icebergs destroyed the hull and so forth. But the major reason why the Titanic sunk was that they ignored, they failed to listen to Seven warnings. Instead of listening to the warnings, Captain John Smith instructed those who were controlling the engine. He said, increase the speed. When they hit the icebergs, they were going at full speed. 1,500, 1,503 1, people lost their lives. 700 of them worked for John Smith. They were crewmen. And the reason why those 1,500 people died was because the captain refused to listen. How many relationships are going to die because you refuse to listen? How many people are you going to continue to hurt because you refuse to listen? Because of prejudgment, because you don't want to be wrong. I want you to understand that the need of the hour is not for more words. God is asking for those who are willing to hear what the Spirit has to say. Are you willing to be a listener? If you become a listener, you will never have a shortage of people coming to you to seek counsel. You'll never be at a loss for divine intervention where he will show you what eyes could not normally see and what ears will not ordinarily hear. He will allow you to, pour, to dig deep into the wells of people's lives where they hurt the most and draw out from them what will give them healing. Are you listening? Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I confess that I'm sometimes guilty of talking more than I listen. Father, I find that 
When I think I'm right, I feel the need to make myself right. But I am learning, oh God, as I walk with you, to trust you to work on the hearts of your people. God, I'm asking today as we are bowed before you, we recognize that you have given us a supernatural ability to hear what the Spirit has to say. The world cannot hear what the Spirit has to say. They don't have the Spirit. And so, Father, may we be those who are willing to listen to our children as they are transitioning. May we have full confidence in what you promised, oh God, that when we do what you told us to do, that our children may stray, but they will not be totally turned away from the things of God if God is in them. Father, I pray for every marriage that is placed communication on pause. Every mate who has been guilty of the sin of not listening. Oh God, forgive us for the lack of compassion. Forgive us for the sin of impatience. Forgive us for the, 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 the sin of arrogance that somehow we have the position of doing what you don't do. Oh, God, give us a heart like yours. Father, I thank you for the doors that you're going to open. I thank you, oh, God, for the depth of relationship that you will make available. I thank you for the love that will become our experience on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I pray that if somebody's hurting, even as we're standing before you today, and they just need to be heard, somebody may be contemplating suicide. Somebody may be struggling with addiction or, or just feeling isolated as if no one really cares. Father, may you direct them to somebody who will listen. And finally, Father, I lift up every person who's contemplating mass shootings. I lift up all of the young men who are slaughtering our young boys and women and babies on the inner city streets today. I pray for every heart that, that doesn't see the need to regulate how guns are made available. I pray, oh God, that they would listen. I pray, oh God, that they would know that the blood of those who are being murdered has not gone unignored by you. And now, oh God, thank you and have your way. As every heart is bowed before the Lord. The first prayer that God hears. The Bible says that we know not we know that the unrighteous do not do the will of God. Nor does he hear the prayers of sinners. But when we do the will, what is the will of God? The first the primary will of God is that you would seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Who is the righteousness of the